Well, welcome, Church at Martinsburg, to the first episode of our new uh, weekly audio content, Beyond the Pulpit. I'm Richard, and I am here with Pastor AJ, who delivered the sermon this week. Pastor AJ, what's up? How's it going? Glad to be here. It's going good. How things with you? Things are going well. It was nice having Labor Day off and kicking it with the family. So here we are and yeah. jumping in. So this is, we're recording on Tuesday after uh, AJ preached the sermon on Sunday, which was uh, related to family worship out of Deuteronomy. Really good stuff. And we've, we we kind of came up with this idea in the last few weeks that we'd like to put out some more audio content in addition to the sermons that we do, um, with the idea being that two things. One, a lot of times when a sermon's being prepared, I mean, you can speak to this probably more than I can, AJ, because I don't prepare sermons on a regular basis, but um, I'm told that there are just a lot of things that kind of fall to the wayside because you want the sermon to be focused and efficient and and really hammer a specific message home from the text. Uh, the text might be saying a couple of other really important things, but you just can't touch on all of it. I mean, it's God's Word. You can't touch sure, on everything yeah. when you do it. Uh, has that been your experience in the times you've stepped into it? It has, for sure. And, one, and I came in till, uh, just two days ago on Sunday when I delivered this with the mindset that even if Sunday flopped, I was okay with it because the amount that I gathered from it just in preparation was incredibly sweet. So I think about it, too, and I, um, I'm reminded of John Piper when he talks about this, and he says that on Sundays when he delivers a sermon, it's almost as if he's been preparing a meal throughout the week in the kitchen, and then he finally has the platter ready and delivers it on Sunday. So, yeah, there's a... I've, I've learned that there's a lot that goes into it, and you're not able to include everything that you would like to, and there are things that just you think maybe not be as helpful, or maybe they could have been, so I think this will be a helpful resource for us as we Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to get some of that stuff out there. I know even in like my own small group um, that I've been a part of, there are times where we'll be talking, and a question will come up, and two or three of us had the same question from the sermon, and we wondering, you know, what, what the preacher that week would have said about what we're asking, and we just kind of speculate between ourselves, so maybe this can help to answer some of those things. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I wanted to bring up a, an image I saw online, and I actually saw it right around the time I was starting to think about maybe we could do some content like this, uh, and it's a picture of an iceberg, and on, on top of the uh, picture above the water, you see it says the sermon, and you see like what you see think of as an iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the entire iceberg. When you see an iceberg, you're seeing what's above the water, but underneath the water, there is this huge mass of ice, and it says the preparation underneath. And I think that's maybe a good picture people might be able to realize. Like when you hear the sermon on Sunday, you're getting the tip of the iceberg in a sense. You're getting really, really good stuff, and hopefully the uh, person really made the effort to get out of the way and let God's work speak to the the people in the church service. Um, but there's more there. And then, of course, there's more there. You could study one section of Scripture your whole life and and come up with more things there. So uh, we always say the Word matters here at the Church of Martinsburg, so this is just one more way hopefully we can uh, show that that's the case and be good stewards of the Word. And Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. I hope I, I sound excited. I sound really calm, <laughs> uh, but I hope I sound excited. Even you just downed a cup of black coffee in three yeah. minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll down another one here when we're done. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, man. Um, so yeah, the, the two the two ideas is, is one, uh, as we said a second ago, there's just more to the sermon that didn't get made to make it in, or the study prov- provided some other truths that just didn't make sense in the sermon, but it's good to talk about them. Uh, the other thing, and and I kind of am brought to mind of like 1 Corinthians, when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians, there's a bunch of questions he's answering, 
Um, and it might not be appropriate to like jump up in the middle of the church service and just say, Hey, Pastor AJ, I got a question about what you just said. Yeah, that'd be a little like, awkward. That'd be awkward. Yeah. I could try it this week if you want, or next time you preach yeah, if you we'll want. Do it this week, Jacob would be okay. Yeah, I'll try it with Jacob first, <laughs> see how that goes. Um, <laughs> it might not go so well. But so, so there's that, that realization there that questions come up when you hear the word preached. Answers are given and mm-hmm. you, you're enlightened, but there's going to be more questions come out of that sometimes. Uh, and Paul, you know, in Scripture, answered some questions that people had for him. So maybe this would just be a good chance for whoever preached on that week to answer some of those questions. And um, we even set up a voicemail number uh, that people can either call in or text in. Uh, probably text would be the easier thing. Just building on top of that as well, our, our community groups will be equipped a little better as well, specifically with the leaders as they are fielding some of these questions that folks are having on a Sunday. So as they come in throughout the week and they are discussing the sermon and the text with those in the group, uh, those leaders will be maybe a little bit more prepared to just handle those questions and personally themselves be able to absorb and understand where the speaker was going that week too. So I do believe this will be a great help and I'm hopeful for it. Yeah, I, I am as well. And hopefully, you know, people find this to be a blessing to them and they're able to be, you know, further edified and uh, maybe come to a better grasp of the word. And, you know, if, if not, then we'll just stop doing it. <laughs> so maybe give us some feedback too. Like if you see someone, let them know, because, you know, maybe we're just talking into the air here, but yeah. hopefully there's people that are going to be interested and want to hear what we have to say. And, and you can also text beyond questions as well. Maybe you've got yeah, comments or things absolutely. that you think would be more helpful. Yeah. So with the time we have left here, we kind of spent the, the first part of this beginning episode introducing the idea of the podcast beyond the pulpit. Um, super psyched about it. Why don't we take a few minutes and kind of just give folks an idea of what sort of things they can expect to hear on a regular basis uh, from this audio content. Uh, This past week, you preached a sermon on the idea of family worship. Yep. Maybe we'll just read the text that you used. Where was that, AJ? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. You can read it for us. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Man, that's, um, that could be a heavy text (laughs) if taken just by itself. There's a lot of, um... What God is asking of his people there is that pretty much their whole life needs to be saturated mm-hmm. with his law and his word. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that definitely is the case. Um, what does that look like for, for you personally? Yeah, I have come to the realization prior to even preaching this sermon, just thinking about the idea of what this would look like is that I am pursuing the Lord as though it, my life depended upon it. And um, if I really am to fulfill like that life of Romans 12, chapter 1, uh, Romans 12, 1, that says uh, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, that would be like an all-encompassing thing, like in a Romans, a Romans 11, 36 kind of thing, like for, from him and through him and to him are all things. And mm. that would include all of my life. And so living as such as though I'm seeing Proverbs 5.21 lived out and everything that I'm doing is a representation of him, essentially. And so am I, am I going to represent well or am I not? And so he addresses this well by just saying all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And yeah. There's not much beyond that that would include us as people. Yeah, that's excellent. Like I said, the text is heavy and what you just said and what you just said is sort of heavy as well. 
because I, I feel like as human beings, we have ups and downs with that kind of stuff. Like I do think, and maybe, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. I feel like the standard for God is that we'd be doing that all the time. And that mm. that's like, he expect in a sense, he expects that perfection from his people. And and then there's the realization that, and, and we don't, <laughs> yeah we don't do no it doubt. all the time. Yep. And so when we look at Je- like the words of Jesus himself in Matthew 5, 40, he says to be perfect as our father in heaven is perfect. And so in this, in the sermon, I, provided a couple of cautions at the outset so that folks could kind of have a proper mindset as we were going into this idea of family worship. And one of those cautions was that we are not perfect, and neither is there an expectation of perfection because Christ had bore our imperfection on the cross. And so in light of Matthew 5:48, yes, there is the standard of perfection, but in the midst of our sinfulness, Christ took our imperfection, bore it on the cross, and because of that, in our imperfection, there's still grace for us. We should yeah. strive to be faithful, um, and represent him well, but when we fail, which is going to be often, there's still grace for us, and we can continue on in that pattern of grace. Yeah, I mean, like I think it's obvious that we fall short of that standard. Like it's, I think the standard that God has for us is obvious. It's perfection, like yeah. you just read from uh, the Gospels account. But I, I think it's also very obvious that, like, when you read "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind," like. Have we ever, even for a second, done that mm, really? Yeah. With all your heart, mm. with all your mind, like that. If we've done it with our heart, are we simultaneously doing it with all of our might? And it's right. Like, it is. Yeah. yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. And so, like we always, another thing we say, we say the word matters here, but we say it's all about Jesus. I think this is one of those cases where, uh, thank God, it's all about yeah, Jesus. Yeah, no doubt. Because if we saw this word and read it, but did not have Christ Himself, then we would be. I mean, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. So absolutely. So. In light of all that, having that understood at the outset, like you said, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You read from the scriptures uh, during the sermon, I remember, and that was a help to me because I was feeling a little bit beat down for a second. <laughs> well, it's easy to in something it, like this. Absolutely, it is. Um, yeah. So what do you think are, now that we've got that out of the way and we're going to strive to follow God as good as we can, you know, um, we're going to ask for the Spirit's help in doing that. What do you think might be some of the reasons why we just don't do that, particularly as it relates to family worship, like as a dad or, or whatever it might be, what is it that prevents us from diving into that? There are a handful of things, and I think if we look at the text, we can see one of the primary reasons. Um, there's a progression here that we see, and when we look at this, it's very clear. Initially, in verses 4 through 6, we see that the head of the home is being addressed, that his heart should be one in line with loving the Lord with all of himself. And then from there, it goes on clearly to verses 7 and 8, where birthed out of this love that we have ourselves for the Lord, then it is flowing into our home, and we're diligently teaching our children in everything that we do, whether we're rising or lying down or walking on the way. Um, And so we see that the children being taught diligently is, to some degree, uh, predicated on our faithfulness to love the Lord and pursue Him ourselves. And so first, if our heart is not aligned with the truth of Scripture and we're not pursuing the Lord ourselves, then most certainly it's not going to be happening in our home. Um, I quoted J.W. Alexander in the book, and he talked about just where there's a lukewarm head, the body's going to flow. And if there's any exception, it's only, it's only going to be uh, despite of um, his terrible example. But where there's a, a head of the home that's faithful, then it's uncommon to find a household that's unlike him. And so we see here, like, that's what we see in the text. It's very important for us to see that our heart first should be pursuing the Lord. Not that the goal is good parenting, but the goal is that God would receive His glory and that in our hearts we would be desiring that first and foremost. So that would seem to be the underlying um, problem, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
I think that that rings true for me too. Just you know, being real with people. There there are seasons where I'm like, um, pretty pretty committed to the study of the word and, and worshiping God rightly and trying to live all of life towards Him and things like that. And as a human being, there might be a day where that's not as much the case as it should be. I'm trying to temper my words here. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've noticed there's a one-to-one correlation between if I am pursuing God rightly, it is easier for me to want to lead my family to do that as opposed to if there's a couple of days where I'm just kind of coasting. And I wouldn't say, you know, I'm, I'm denying God at that point, but I'm just oh, in sure. this, this moment of, of almost like what's being described there, lukewarmness for a season. Yeah. It's going to be a lot harder for me to... Because I feel like a phony at that point. And our kids will see that as well. Our families will see that. And if we are doing something uh, just out of duty and not delight, then our children are going to pick up on that. And so we are going to be discipling our children. We already are. What are we discipling them in? Are we truly discipling discipling them in the destruction? And, uh, not destruction. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, you have to edit that one. The, um, the instruction and discipline of the Lord and doing so with joy, or are we just kind of doing it begrudgingly because we know, oh, this is what we're supposed to do? Yeah. So that's, yeah. And that, just the whole family worship piece, too. I realize that one of the things that will be a hindrance is just the nature of it. At times, it can be a bit awkward. Um, yeah. So I talked about three specific things that we could be doing and praying and singing and reading. And a lot of us as men, when we hear sing, we think, well, surely that that doesn't apply to me. That's just craziness. I don't sing. That's awkward. So yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that, that'll be a bit of an obstacle for us as well. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that's been in my house is just it's weird and it's awkward. And I, there was a quote, and I can't remember who you attribute it to. Maybe you'll remember. I don't, I don't know. Where, but where it was. No pressure. Uh, um, <laughs> so, you know, if, if you study the Word, you're doing well as a family. But if mm, you pray, yep. you're doing better. Yep. And then if you sing, you're doing best of all. Yeah. Because you've done all three at that point. Yeah, Matthew Henry says that. He, Matthew I mean, he Henry kind of builds off of all three of these things. So if you're reading, you're doing great. If you're reading and praying, you're doing even better. But those that do best of all are reading, praying, and singing. I feel like even for those of us that really want to strive to do this well, I think that's probably the biggest roadblock is that last piece for me. Mm-hmm. Like just speaking from my own heart, that's the hardest part for me. And I've kind of been thinking through uh, since you preached on Sunday, like there, there are resources and maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the really good resources that are out there to help with making this happen. Uh, if it is awkward, maybe they can give you the structure you need to get started with it. it like you said, it's not hard to do 10 or 15 minutes. No, it's really not. No. And maybe before we even move on, think through in your own heart, because I have in mind, how often are you watching a movie and you get excited and you like shout at a, a, a moment in the movie or you, you know, and it's just, you know, why is it that we can get worked up and excited and not be embarrassed about it, about other things, but not about the Lord? That's... I, I think of this, you know, because like the movie is your realm, right? You you really dig movies. I right. really get down with sports. <laughs> and so I, I usually think of this in light of at the stadium. Somebody yeah. strikes out, somebody hits a home run, you score a touchdown, people are going crazy. And there is no problem. I mean, it's almost like natural instinct for us to just explode out of out of joy and begin celebrating. Um, and you know, I think what would be helpful for us and even whoever's listening would be to consider the sermon series that Jacob preached a couple of months ago called "Why We Worship." And um, living our life in in light and in front of the Lord, we then see that uh, singing is a natural response in worship of Him. And I'm not just talking about singing, you know, worship through song, but like we are singing about things that bring us joy. And uh, that I think that sermon series could be helpful. And the whole awkward piece of singing, we should ask ourselves, why is it awkward for us? Uh, is it because that it's just something that we're not used to doing? Or is there something 
underlying all of this. And I would believe that generally whenever we find something awkward or uncomfortable and, and we find ourselves unwilling to do it, that we are more concerned about what others are thinking about us than um, our expression of worship to the Lord himself. So Sheree mm-hmm. and I were talking about this, my wife, a couple of days ago, and because it's awkward for us too. I mean, we get it. The whole singing thing with our family is a little strange. But why is it awkward? Is it because we're more concerned about what we sound like or what we look like? Um, and I think those are helpful, good questions that we should be definitely asking ourselves. Because again, we want to lead our family in worship. And if we're doing so uh, with some facade on, that's what we're, te- that's what we're, we're teaching our children, uh, what worship will look like for us. And ultimately they will, unless the Lord intervenes by His grace, uh, will adopt that same model of worship as well. Yeah, wow. That's that's heavy stuff, and I like what you're saying there. Like there is that God is gracious, and, and sometimes in spite of who we are, things work out the best. But that's no excuse for or for falling short where we're supposed to do well. Uh, yeah, we should strive for sure. Faithful servants to the Lord and be doing the right things. So uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe with some resources people can get their hands on. I have one in particular that I love that I want to put out there. But do you have any uh, that spring to your mind of just something someone can pick up? And, you know, they don't know how to do this family worship thing, but it can help them study the Word together a little bit or learn how to pray with their family a little bit. Well, there are a few things that I made available on Sundays that I'll point to first. Uh, Donald Whitney wrote a little book called Family Worship. It is a very short read, but incredibly helpful. I think when you look at a book and you see the endorsements, you begin to understand, like, how good it is. Yeah. And when you see the first page of endorsements, it is just absolutely incredible. So um, this could be a great help for us. It's like 80 or 90 pages long. It's rich with scripture, also rich with application. Secondly, there is a PDF calendar that we'll make available uh, to you for just like a 30-day family worship where essentially you are reading through the book of James, you're looking at how you can pray the book of James, and then once a week you're selecting one psalm, or one hymn I should say, and you're singing it with your family. So the first week was like it is well. You can find that online. There are lyrics online. You can sing along to a YouTube video, whatever. Um, You're to be flexible, right? That was something that I talked about. Um, but beyond that, you know, there are all kinds of resources available to us. Uh, Matt Chandler preached a pretty uh, helpful series just called Family Discipleship recently, and that's something that you could consider looking at as well. I didn't see that. That sounds yeah. That sounds awesome. And they put together this packet, uh, just like a family discipleship packet, and he said, and I, I believed him, that that was probably the best thing that they've ever come out with. And wow. it's available for free online on PDF family discipleship. Wow. I might have to see if I can find a link to that and maybe I'll put it in the show notes for this episode. I can do it. Um, and along with the resource you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the calendar for the book of James, was it you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was just kind of, that's where they took it, but you can do it anywhere. Um, Donald Whitney also wrote a book just called, I think it was like praying the Bible or something like that. So he teaches you in this little model how to do that. Yeah. What was your resource? Um, you said that you had one? Well, I wanted to read just this one verse that you already read it, but just this one, because this is kind of where my the resource I'm talking about comes out of, um, but it talks about you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Uh, something my family has done, we've been off and on, and we've gotten back on, uh, thanks for preaching Sunday, <laughs> we've gotten back <laughs> on the boat with this. Um, but something that's kind of been lost is the idea of catechizing your children to where yeah. you're asking them questions um, that they're giving you answers from the Bible on. And I think the fear with that sort of thing is you're afraid you're just making them memorize answers. So really talk about it with them and make sure mm-hmm. that to the best of their ability as kids are beginning to understand this. Um, but there is, uh, it's a completely free app. I think it's Tim Keller's church put it out, but it's just called New City Catechism. 
Um, so for my girls in particular, they're old enough to start kind of reading the answers back. Uh, let me see if I can remember it. That'll be embarrassing oh if boy. I can't. Uh, but this week's question is, since no one can keep the law of God perfectly, what is its purpose? And if you ask one of my daughters that right now, they'll say that we may know the holy nature of God, the sinful nature of our hearts, and thus our need for a Savior. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And you can, like, to me, that's a very easy way to put it the whole, like, as you walk by the way, I'll just be, I'll walk into the kitchen and my, my oldest, Abigail, might be sitting there coloring a book and I'll be like, hey, Abby, since no one can keep the law of God perfectly, what's his purpose then, you know? And I'll try to be comical about it, but, but she'll answer it. She, she's great. got it. And, you know, the, the app will actually give you a Bible verse that they can, if they're up to it, try to memorize, or at least they can see where the idea for the answer is coming from, from the scriptures. And then it's got a prayer underneath that you can read through, and it gives you an idea of how you can pray through the truth that they're teaching you there. And how old were your kiddos when you began doing that with them? Uh, we started this, and so here's what's terrible, and we'll be transparent because I'm not super far through it, but we started it about two years ago. Um, and then we got to the Ten Commandments and stuff just stalled out. Because one of the answers is that like you read the, all the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And I, I guess we just got overwhelmed. We've decided just to move on. They're, they don't have them. We'll go back to them. They'll get them eventually. Mm-hmm. But about two years ago, so my oldest was about five years old. And the next down was about three. And believe it or not, the three-year-old was answering these questions. Um, I, I joked around about it because I was saying, you got some TV preachers beat because... Uh, my three-year-old daughter, if you asked her how many persons are there in God, she would list, there are three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And she could explain in a child's oh, way sure. what that means. Like, that's really cool. And like, I don't know why I don't give myself more to that, because the reward from that is amazing to see your kids, like, being equipped with that kind of knowledge. Even they might get some parts of it. Don't expect them to understand fully everything, but you're, you're still, you're, this sounds terrible, you're indoctrinating them. And if you don't, someone will. So you should do that. Yeah, <laughs> and, one of the th- now that you're talking about just a three year old, I've got a three year old little yeah. boy named Bera, and you know Proverbs says that the the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, and ultimately our desire is that our children would come into a fear of the Lord and worship of Him and would know Him as we do. And so I was reminded of Psalm one nineteen, verse nine. It says, "How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word?" And so one of the things that I've been trying to do is to help Bera memorize Scripture. And we're at, in Psalm 23 right now, it's one of my favorite psalms. And um, we're at like, we're just finishing up verse 3, where it says that uh, he leads me on paths of righteousness for his namesake. And Bera is able to tell me what Psalm 23 verses 1, 2, and 3 are, although he says righteousness. He says, <laughs> we're still figuring that piece out. That's awesome. But we're, yeah, it's just another way that we can teach our children uh, the truths of Scripture. And we're talking about what is what is righteousness? What does that even mean? What, are, what does it mean to lie down in um, green pastures? Or why would he lead me beside still waters? Um, and so there's nothing sweeter than putting my boy to sleep at night and hearing him say, he restores my soul. It's like, man, I just... I long for the day that he really says that and knows what it is and is embracing it as truth. Yeah. So that, because that's ultimately the goal of family worship, right? Is that our children would come to know him. And as a result of that, they would go and spread the message of hope to the peoples of the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. You talked on Sunday about kids being like arrows that are in your quiver and shooting them out. And like, I get a little choked up thinking about that because, like you said, it's kind of hard to shoot them. Yeah, You're kind of no like doubt. hesitant, but but at the same time, not. You're excited about it. Um, but yeah, man. And, and when it comes to this whole thing, like the world's going to pressure you to say, raise your kids neutral. Don't indoctrinate them. Don't try to push your worldview on them or, or the faith you have, cause they need to come to their own. And, and you might even 
it might resonate with you for a second. Like I want them to have a sincere faith, not a fake one that I just pushed sure. into them. It might even resonate for a second to where you start considering that. But realize, listen, Jesus says, you're either with me or you're against me. He's he, Very clearly, Jesus speaks of those that aren't, uh, aren't for me or against me. Those who aren't against me are for me. Um, don't be conformed to the spirit of this world, but be renewed and these kind of things. There is a completely different way that the unbeliever approaches life and knowledge and everything. Yeah. And, and we as Christians are to approach it from a completely polar opposite way. Mm-hmm. And, and so to not raise our children to do that... There is no neutrality there. It's just to abdicate the responsibility of raising them that way and let whatever else teach them in the spirit in the, the way the world would have them to think and and believe, you know. And we've got the we have we have access to the absolute truth. Why would we not give that to our children? Mm. And if we hold that from them, then we are teaching them something that there is more value in relativism than there is in the absolute truth that we have here. Yeah. And so I remember um, reading through Courtney Anderson's To the Golden Shore, which is the depiction of Adoniram Judson's life. And he did not come to be a believer until he was later on, 19 or 20, something like that. And when the Lord had struck and pressed upon his heart to lead him to repentance, it was based on the knowledge of his uh, father, what his father had given him when he was a small child. And he pointed back to the fact that he knew of this God because of his father. And so the Lord used the faithfulness of his father to ultimately draw Adoniram Judson to himself. And so maybe it is that when our children are 40, they come to the Lord. And maybe it's not. But we're to be yeah. faithful and long that the Lord would use our efforts to, to draw them to himself. And going right along with that, if you raise your kids just to, to not, not to instill your own faith in them, but to let them be raised up neutrally and they should come to their own convictions, and you take that to an extreme way— what your ultimate raising to do is to make them believe that they're the standard mm-hmm. and they're the one mm-hmm. that gets to judge whether this is and and so you're almost framing them to think about things in the wrong way, yeah. not to think of themselves as God's creature, but to think of themselves as the ultimate standard themselves. And, and that's the lie we see in Genesis three that we get from the word right there, you know. And if we flip that coin, it'd be easy for us to say though, well, I've discipled my family well, I've led them well. They've got to be Christians, right? But that's. That's not a promise to us. No. Uh, we see in Proverbs that if we raise up a child in the way that he should go, when he grows old, he won't depart from it. That's not a promise. It's a proverb. It's kind of like one of those, uh, one of the hands greater than two in a bush kind of thing. It's not always true. Um, so we can long and live according to these proverbs because they're good and helpful for us. But those we cannot read those as promises. Um, you know, when we look at 1 Corinthians 3.17, it says that he who plants is nothing nor even he who waters is anything, but only God because he's the one that brings the growth. So... We should be faithful in leading and loving our families and realizing that the weight of their salvation is not on our shoulders, but on the Lord himself. So there's there's hope in that as well. So we work faithfully. I mean, you know, just like when you're speaking with a non-believer that's not your child, um, you pray that God would use what you're saying to, to reach that person and, and bring them to himself. And you do the same thing with your children and you pray, God, like, use me, help me be a means that, that, to bring that's this right. about. But ultimately, that is on the Lord, and it's between the Lord and them, and which can be, on the one hand, scary, but on the other hand, comforting, because you trust the Lord, and, and you know that He'll do what's right. So it's, um, yeah, wow. It's a tough one. Romans 1.16 is the power of God unto salvation, so not the power of man. Well, this, this has been really, really fun. We kind of, we started out uh, introing the episode and we yeah. kind of got into your summer a little bit and we were able to go down a little rabbit trail there towards the end that's related. 
Um, but that's the kind of stuff we hope to be able to do on a weekly basis. Uh, what do you think? How do you think this went? Would you uh, listen to this? I would. I would listen to this. Okay. Yeah. I, would, I mean, I think it's. I do believe it's going to be very helpful for our people. So I. I want to thank you. Don't edit that out. So this was all. <laughs> this was uh, <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was Richard's idea. He has taken it and ran with it. So thank you, brother. It's it. You're serving the body well, and uh, it will oh. be apparent in the coming days. I appreciate that. And thank you very much for preaching the word this week. And um, you're kind of new to doing the preaching thing. And this is my fifth sermon. Yeah. yeah and so. you're like, you're killing I think oh, you're well, killing it. You. So, um, yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's ahead and, and where we can go with this. And uh, hopefully we'll see it benefiting folks and getting them asking uh, some answers to some of their questions and then getting them asking more questions. Like, there's more to learn. There's more to understand. Worship the Lord with all your mind. Um, you, you're not going to plumb the depths of the word. So... Uh, we could put out a hundred different weekly podcasts, all focusing on different aspects of the word, and you're not gonna. Um, so more, 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 more content, more other things that that might come out to help us think through those things, and hopefully we'll be found faithful. Uh, God has entrusted to us His word, and we should not just should, but it, like we should be joyed that we get to interact with it and learn from Him directly through the word. So let's make Him known. Yeah. So if you guys listen to this and you thought, wow, that was cool. And I wish I had known that I could text questions in. I had some more questions. Um, too late for this episode. Sorry about that. But <laughs> uh, next week, Pastor Jacob starting a new series. Am I I'm you're, correct you're about correct that? You're correct in saying that. Yep. It's okay. called The Leader on the Hill. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. So it's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be, be excellent. The Sermon on the Mount's got a lot of things. There's a lot of questions there for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've already got like questions running through my head that I might want to... <laughs> So y'all should blow this number up with questions for Pastor Jacob. That'd be great. Yeah, and I'm going to read it. So if you want to do that, you can do that. Uh, The phone number is 304-249-4977. That's 304-249-4977. You can call and leave a voicemail there. That's fine. Uh, It won't ring anywhere. So that that would be an acceptable way to use it. Um, But it's probably much easier just to shoot a text message there, and we'll get it. We'll read it, and hopefully we'll pick three or four questions every week if we get enough in uh, that we can respond to. And um, even maybe we might not even have the answer, but we'll just open up the discussion about it and Uh, talk about it and help you start to think through it a little bit more. Um, And this episode, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably hearing this through the website, uh, martinsburgchurch.org slash podcast. It'll be available there. Um, As the episodes come out, you're also going to see underneath the sermon... Uh, once the podcast episode related to that sermon is out, I'm going to put a link there. Uh, so as you click through and you look at the sermon, you can see, oh, there's more content related to the sermon afterwards that I can listen to. Almost like an after show, and you can kind of get a, a little more of an idea of what's being talked about. Uh, but hopefully, and I'll confirm next week whether this worked or not, you should be able to find this on iTunes, whatever podcast catcher you use, Stitcher, um, Podcast Addict, whatever, whatever you're accustomed to using. If you're into podcasts, the idea is it should be available there. And that would just be the Church at Martinsburg podcast. So right now there's the Church at Martinsburg sermons, which will say sermons and have a very unique image on it that shows all our sermon series. And then the Church at Martinsburg podcast, which just shows a picture of Jacob being cool and says podcast underneath it. Jacob being cool. Jacob like being it. cool. Yeah. Um, so two feeds, and that's where you're going to get the different forms of content. Uh, just so everyone's aware and that you can know how to follow along with us and how to shoot your questions in. And uh, yeah, we'll be praying this is a blessing to you. Mm-hmm, no doubt. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit with me today, AJ. 
uh, couldn't do it without you being here. So uh, <laughs> it's excellent. And it's, and it might be kind of uh, cathartic for the preacher to have like a debrief of like this last, I'm getting it out of my system and move on to the next thing that I need <laughs> yeah, to study like, on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hopefully though, you know, because we won't be talking about family worship specifically, but this is something that we should continue, an ongoing thing. We're really leading yeah. our families and loving them and leading them to the throne. And you can incorporate this in there. Like, uh, if you have kids that are old enough that they've listened to the sermon point. with you, a great point. you could listen to this together with your children and, and read the scripture again some point throughout the week, and you're starting to get that habit and that where it's normal, like you spoke of on Sunday, that yeah. it's a normal thing. That's, so. good. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually done, All right. Sir. Well, guys, until next week... Yeah, I don't have an outro that's really mm, witty. Need, you should come up with one of those. I'll come up with one. Give okay. me give me one more week, guys. Okay. I'll come up with some kind of witty outro. Um, the word Matt is here or something Ooh. like that. <laughs> I'll try to say it really cool and it'll be we'll be on point that next was week. All right. <laughs> we'll be we'll be on point next week with, with the outro. Uh, oh, but until boy. then, uh, we we have this as a blessing to you. Yeah. And, and thanks for listening. Adios.